Welcome back to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington here on Fox Sports Radio and your streaming platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and Spotify. Coming up on episode 51, we get things started with Brandon Zilstra, Carolina Panthers wide receiver, talking about his journey from playing D3 football to the NFL. Also with updates on the latest going on around the league. And in Will's update this week, we've got Laura Oakman, NFL broadcaster on Fox Sports, talking about the NCAA and NFL and what they can do to be successful and safely play during this pandemic. In Spill the Beans of Michaela McNuff, beauty in the eye of the beholder. Eh. Michaela McNuff is sharing all that she's got on Kyle Caro's comments around Jill Scott. And this week in our Positive Vibes Only segment, we've got Dr. Michael Igbenegi, an orthopedic surgeon from Dallas, Texas, who has been fighting to bring diversity, using his platform to help change the spectrum of medicine and all his thoughts on his career and his work today to help be a part of change. This week, bringing us the music, we've got Shawnee Morell, a singer and percussionist. She has been at the number one spot on Spotify with her new single, Everything. She's also sharing her song, Ready for the Weekend. She's been singing and playing instruments since the age of three. Been on BET, VH1, and performed all, all over the world alongside some of the biggest names in music like Chloe and Halle and Latoya Luckett and many more. So I hope you guys are ready for episode 51. Thanks so much for tuning in for our live special to celebrate our one-year anniversary. Year two is going to be stronger, better than ever, as we're continuing to grow and bring you incredible sports news, entertainment, music, and many more interviews here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 51, as we've got a lot to get into right here on Fox Sports Radio and your streaming platforms like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. It's time to go beyond the headlines Cause I don't put in overtime just so I can headline Okay, now it's Fox Sports, I'm live with Renee Going hard every day, sports rapping every play Different segments for your favorites Coming at you daily with positive vibes Yeah, we some game changers Basketball, football, soccer With different interviews, you never know who may pop up Listen, only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Introducing our featured guest of the week, we've got Carolina Panthers Brandon Zilster joining the show. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on, Renee. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm excited to talk about your career and all that's going on, especially around COVID, as you are back on the field finally playing football again. So I definitely want to ask, before we even get started into your career specifically, how has COVID and this pandemic, even the return back to playing, can you talk us, talk us through what that process has been like for you as an athlete training through all this that's been going on? Yeah, honestly, it's been one of the, I don't want to say the most difficult off seasons, but definitely the most different of off seasons. Um, it was just so much unknown out there. Um, you know, there's just so much we have to get a grip on before we actually get on the field and so it's been kind of hectic trying to figure out all the rules and protocols that are going on, you know, that, you know, there's no preseason games now. So that's going to make a difference for a lot of players. It's just, it's a year of really just a kind of adapting to everything that's going on. Cause it sounds like the schedule is going to con constantly be changing. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even once the news broke that there was no preseason games and that like all the changes that we've been seeing so far, I don't anticipate, as you say, I don't, or I anticipate there being more 
as we move forward, just trying to adjust around all this that we have in our new normal. So, you know, for you as an athlete, I want to get into your journey. I know a lot of people every time uh, or a lot of people when they see professional athletes, you just always assume that there's been this straight and narrow, nice, easy path to getting to the highest level. That was not the case for you. I love that your story is from D3 to playing in, in the NFL, which is something that in itself is an incredible accomplishment. So coming from Concordia out of Minnesota, getting into the NFL, I'm curious to know your process in terms of who was really helpful in helping you make that next step and what that was like for you as an athlete just to continue to work to get to the next level. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I have a really unique journey. Um, and, you know, coming out of college, I didn't have any scouts after me or looking at me. I didn't have any agents talking to me. So it really came down to me figuring it out on my own, a lot of trial and error, um, and really just trying to put myself out there as much as possible. Um, it's, it came down to when I was, when I left Concordia, I hooked up with my uh, quarterback from college who was already a year out. He played uh, one year in the GFL out in Germany and had a really successful career. And he was just kind of doing it to travel. Um, but he told me that, you know, he wanted to make a shot at the, or make a run at the NFL. And I was like, cool, you know, let's try to figure this out together. So I moved down to Arizona with him because he was training with a quarterback coach down there. And it was literally just us trying to network as much as possible, um, send out videos. We made things called like athlete resumes, um, <laughs> just putting like our stats, statistics, um, accolades, um, like our pro day stuff, and just kind of sending it out to um, just different people that I came in contact with, you know, talking to people, getting different NFL email scouts, um, trying, to, trying to hook up with some agents and just really just flooding flooding everybody's emails with this stuff. And I'm sure other teams, even if, I don't know if they actually did get the emails or not, but I, I'm sure if they did, they were like, you know, who is this kid? Why is he blowing up my thing? Cause you know, I was sending out 200 emails, um, like probably every week or every week and a half, two weeks, just wow. to, like I said, just any contact I could, because I, I figured at that point, you know, I had nothing to lose. You know, I was coming from, you know, coming from nothing really at a D3 school. And so I was just, just trying to put myself out there, you know, any way I could. And so, like I said, it was just a lot, a lot, a lot of trial and error with me. And, you know, eventually it worked out. Yeah. And that persistence of, you know, staying consistent and persistent through your journey is incredible. Even the fact that going back before we even talk about college to the NFL from high school to college, that process wasn't easy either. Trying to figure out what was next, I'm sure. And, you know, figuring out what level to play at and what school to play at. I know the recruiting process for me, as, as I went through it as a player and even as a coach, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. There's, there's no, there are no guidelines. There's no one that's really helping you through it. And I'm sure even from the college level to the pros, as you talk about, it's even harder to figure out what's next if you don't have people that you can reach out to and you're fortunate to have a friend that you were able to go through the process with. But, you know, moving from college football to playing in the CFL to playing in the NFL, you know, I'm curious to know what was the biggest motivating factor or the biggest um, aspect of your game that you tried to rely on to help get to that next step. So the persistence is one thing for sure, but what's something else that you actually relied on to help you continue to just stay focused and continue to move forward? Yeah, I guess one thing that, you know, I always told myself and one reason why I wanted to keep playing is um, even, even dating back to high school, um, I always felt like I was a, a good player that was underutilized in a sense. Um, you know, Coming out of high school, I had a couple D2 offers. Otherwise, the rest were all just kind of Division three teams. And my goal was always to make it to the Division one level. And so I almost felt like disrespected in a way. And I'm always just like, you know, 
I've never actually shown what I can do before. And so then I ended up going to a division two school in Augustana and Sioux Falls, South Dakota first. And, you know, the same thing happened there. Felt like I could have been playing and um, wasn't, and it just didn't really feel like the right fit for me. So that's why I ended up transferring to a D3. And from that transfer, um, if I were to go back, I'm not going to say I would have stayed there, but I would mm-hmm. like to actually, you know, it would have been sweet to see what could have happened there. Um, but I just got super impatient. So from that experience, I learned a great deal of patience and I kind of took that with me the rest of my um, career. But it was it was just always just trying to, you know, prove that I had more to give, prove that I can actually contribute, prove that, you know, I can play at the next level. And so that was always in the back of my mind, just it's, it wasn't even so much trying to prove other people wrong. It was just trying to prove myself right. And so that's something that, you know, was at the back of my mind in every training session, every game I ever played, um, practices, just preparing is just trying to prove my worth, prove that I can actually make a difference on a team. Yes, absolutely. And constantly looking to find a way to make an impact is, you know, just the way to allow you to continue to stay focused too, to have those small goals and accomplishments that you're trying to achieve. But also something that, that stands out to me is you get into the NFL, you get that moment that you're, you're receiving a contract to play with the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. And I'm definitely curious to know about that initial reaction and initial feeling as you finally were able to see your hard work paying off and getting that, that call to the Vikings to be a part of their team. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely excited because um, that's been my dream since, honestly, it was probably six or seven years old was to sign an NFL contract. And, but once, once I finally got that, I mean, I, you know, gave a little hoorah right away, but at the same time, like, I, I just kept telling myself, I was like, okay, you made it here, but you haven't made it in the NFL. You've made it to the NFL, but not in the NFL. So like, I never really got too excited. And that's something a lot of my family members and friends were, um, I don't, I don't think they quite understood because they're just like, you know, why aren't you celebrating? Why aren't you happy? I'm just like, I, in my eyes, I haven't done anything yet. You know, I made it to the team, but I, I have to be part of the team now. And so, like, never really felt satisfied, never was truly happy, I guess, um, about what I've done. Mm-hmm. And because in my eyes, I was just like, you know, now now you're basically starting over. Now you have to, you know, you have to put your head down again, start grinding again, um, just to make sure you stick with the team. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that, you know, as you talk about, you're never fully done. You're always constantly improving yourself and trying to continue to climb up the ladder. Getting into the NFL is not enough because as you dealt with in your career and as a lot of athletes have dealt with in their careers at some point is, you know, when you had the the unfortunate news that you were no longer going to be playing with the Vikings and, you know, here's all your hard work and it's like, now what? You know, back to back to square one in that sense, but you were able to get the opportunity to play with the Panthers back in 2019. And then here we are fast forward and it's more uncertainty. So it's, you know, one of the biggest things about your career as a whole is just kind of this, that, that underlying message of the persistence and consistency dealing with so much change where whether it's been your personally, or even now as the world is dealing with the pandemic, all the changes that you've had to face. So, you know, as you've been dealing with kind of the ups and downs of being an athlete, which a lot of people can, can attest to, what has really been the biggest factor along with that persistency to keep you motivated when you easily could have had these opportunities that were thrown your way and just given up? I mean, it's, it just goes back to, you know, the square one for me is I, I'm trying to prove myself. Um, for me now, it's getting to that second contract. You know, I'm on my contract year now. And so I'm trying to prove myself to really set myself up for the future. And um, like financially, as, as well as, like I said, just really prove myself right, prove that, 
you know, I can be utilized on a team, prove that I can make a difference on a team, prove that I can help a team win. Um, so, I mean, the motivation is really all the same for me at this point. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that I'm sure even as um, someone like yourself being a small town athlete coming into any situation, always keeping it into perspective, knowing that, you know, it's great to be excited about the, the accomplishments that you've had, but you're not done yet. And that's something that in itself, that constant motivation of and mindset of knowing like there's more I've got to do, there's more I want to continue to achieve is something that in itself is a motivating factor. So as we prepare for the upcoming season or go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said exactly. I mean, you hit it. You hit it spot on. Yes, yes. As we prepare for the upcoming season, I know you've been uh, dealing with working out on your own, adjusting back into the schedule. Can you take us through a little bit what this process has been like for the return to play for the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess as far as my journey or kind of like what I've done. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, when quarantine started, because um, I like to spend the off season, you know, traveling around the U.S., just visiting all my friends in all these different states. And, you know, I had a bunch of different trips lined up and I made it to a few of them. And then um, the quarantine kind of started. And at that point, I was back in Minnesota um, in Minneapolis. And I was just like, you know, probably the best thing, probably the safest thing is just to go back home, um, spend some time with my parents and my brothers. So I ended up going back home and just kind of working out with my brothers. Um, we had a quarterback at home we were throwing with, but it was, I mean, it, it was great to spend that much time with my family. Um, cause that's something I don't get to do usually, you know, it's for a couple of days to a week at a time. And so I was actually able to spend a couple of months with them. And so it was super cool just to reconnect with them and spend, spend all this time that I usually wouldn't have. Um, but being back home for so long, it, you know, the workouts kind of got monotonous. Um, there was, there was so much uncertainty what, what's kind of go on. And I started to get kind of too comfortable, I guess. Um, in, mm -hmm. back in Minnesota. And so I told myself, I was just like, you know, I got to get out. I got to make myself uncomfortable again. And so I ended up calling some of my teammates down here, figure out what they were doing down here, um, found a place to live. And so I just came out here now and I've just been, you know, working out down here. Um, there's some of the guys that are getting together, um, just a few of us just running around, you know, throwing, working out a little bit, but just it, it was it was good to get away. It was break. It was good to break up the monotony. It's good to get in the you know the heat again because it's the heat is so much different down here. So I'm just trying to get used to again all the elements, um, just so that whenever we do get the call, you know if it is next week, if it gets pushed back, you just you just never know. Because I mean it sounds like we're getting back on Tuesday, at least to start testing. But it's it's just everything is really just a day to day right now. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm as prepared as possible for whenever that time does come. Yeah, and I know I've been watching as other sports are returning, um, of course, with football being a little bit behind to start their season uh, in general. But you look across basketball, soccer, baseball, as they're getting started, watching the process of testing and quarantining. You know, what has been communicated to you guys? I know you mentioned that you're just kind of waiting right now. What has been said to you at this point just to, to keep you on track or have any sort of plan for a timeline of when you're coming back or officially what's next? You know, has that been communicated to you at all and if it's so what has been said yeah so we have a call with the nflpa twice a week and it's usually for a couple hours and it's really just a time for you know we'll jump on and the union leaders will kind of tell us what's been presented to the owners what's been presented to the nfl and they'll kind of relay that back to us and then the rest of it is really just an open discussion and an open forum for all of us just to ask questions 
And I mean, for the first, the first, you know, couple of weeks, it was literally just anybody asking a question and the response every single time was, you know, we're waiting to hear back. We don't know yet. We're waiting to hear back. And so it was pretty tough. It sounds like things are starting to move forward a little bit more to the point where we actually do know when we're getting back. We know a little bit of the testing protocol. It sounds like we're going to get tested, you know, pretty much every day until like we see numbers are under 5% is what it sounds like. And if it's under, if it's under 5%, it's going to be every other day. If it's over 5%, um, it's no, if it's over 5%, it's every day. If it's under 5%, it'll, it'll switch to every other day. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I've, I've literally heard from other people. And again, you just, you just don't know right now, but that they're going to be texting, text, text, texting us out the schedule every day. Um, there, I don't know if we have like a defined schedule of what's going to happen just because there's so many underlying changes. Um, and so many unanswered questions yet. So I think they're still kind of trying to figure everything out just so, you know, we're at the safest thing possible and just to make sure everything runs as smooth as possible. Yeah, that's that's the craziness of all this. I know for some leagues, I mean, of course, rewinding back a couple months, it was even a question of if the league was going to come back at all, you know, and, and even once it was announced that sports were coming back, as you're mentioning, it's still, still just a lot of uncertainty. Like, how is it going to come back? When is it going to come back? What's next? What, you know, just kind of that waiting is is something in itself that's trying because you're continuing to trying to find ways to work out and stay ready, but you really just never know when that call is going to happen. As an organization, has there been any communication from players, coaches within you know, for, for the Panthers specifically that you guys have had to even just stay connected. I know some teams have done Zoom calls. Some teams have like just done various things to try to stay connected as a team away from the field, even though you're unable to to fully be back into a, a routine like you normally would at this time of year. Yeah, I mean, you know, a few people that are in Charlotte, um, you know, we get together in small groups, but at the same time, you know, the coaches are telling us, you know, you guys have to be careful what you guys are doing. Mm. Um, we don't want big groups. We don't even know if we want you guys thrown together just because, you know, one person can pass it to another person, pass it to another person. Um, so it's been just a very tight line we're trying to walk right now. But I guess during, during like, our OTA period, you know, we're on, um, like, basically Zoom calls for a couple hours a day. And I think that was good. It's, I, I guess I can speak for the receivers. It was good for all of us to get in there listen to each other, listen to, you know, how much we know. Um, we got to interact a little bit throughout there. So I got to, you know, got to meet a lot of the receivers on the team, um, you know, via Zoom. So I haven't really met a lot of them in person yet, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's weird right now. That's a great way to describe it. Very weird right now. That's, that's absolutely what we're dealing with. And I honestly was excited just to have the chance to, to talk through this with you because and hearing and talking with different athletes and coaches from the various sports, it is very eye-opening to see how much um, each sport is just, or how each sport, I should say, is dealing with all this uncertainty because it is so much that you just don't know. And as you mentioned, even something as simple as throwing the ball around could be something that's putting you guys at risk when we're still seeing players that are testing positive. And of course, around the world, numbers are still high in general. So it's a scary, weird, confusing, uncertain, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it time right now. Um, so I'm, I'm, I feel for you and for everyone that right now is just kind of in that waiting period and unsure what's next. Yeah, but I wish I had the, more Go ahead. I was just going to say, I wish I had more answers for you and I wish I could talk <laughs> about this more, but like, you know, I'm, I'm just as out of the loop as a lot of, you know, the fans are. 
Yeah, yeah. Your lack of answers is in itself an answer. The fact that there's nothing really known about what's next and how to prepare and really a schedule in place or a plan in place um, in terms of like a timeline. But, you know, I, I definitely know for as an organization as a whole for the Panthers, as a team in the NFC that's looking to, to have a better year to be over 500, you know, I was curious to know if there's anything that's been said even on that front on the football side of, you know, what plans are moving forward. And then for you individually as a receiver coming into this group for this year, you know, what are your goals as a player to, to help find a way to make this team better and be more competitive in not only the division, but in the league? Um, I guess speaking for like the team aspect first, you know, Coach Rule would jump on um, meetings every day and just kind of it was, it was fun to hear him speak. He's a big philosophical guy, so it was cool mm -hmm. to hear kind of his coaching style and his sense of unity with the team and different things we're looking for out of the team, how he's trying to structure the team. And so, you know, just just hearing from him that he just wants to be, you know, basically the, the hardest working, the toughest, the most physical team out there. And so that's, not, you know, now we know that going into it, that's what he's looking for. So you have to try to adhere to his standard. And um, as far as like personal goals and stuff, like, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be a plug and play guy. Um, you know, there's a ton of, ton of competition in the receiver room this year. Um, so I, I look forward to that. I thrive off competition. You know, that's, that's why I got here is just cause I'm super, super competitive really with every aspect of life. Um, you know, this, this happens to be my job. So it's, it just, mm -hmm. it works perfectly into who I am, but, um, you know, yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to be like a plug and play guy. I'm just trying to be as versatile as possible, um, know all the positions um, and just, you know, do well at those positions. I'm trying to, you know, get develop trust with the quarterbacks, develop trust with the coaches that they can put me in there without worrying um, and re really just kind of throw me in anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And. I mean, as you talk about with the quarterbacks, with Coach Rule, you are also a part of a team that's in, in the midst of a lot of change, too. So I just feel like the common theme here around you is just change and, like, uncertainty. And I definitely want to ask uh, for, for your final main question is, you know, as, a, as an athlete and going back to the when athletes are getting started in their careers, you know, the goals they set out to play at the highest level, the goals they set out for, for themselves individually and for what they want to reach, you're you're dealing with so much change, you know, from the D3 level or even within college, from one college to the next, to the CFL, to the NFL, being a part of the Panthers where they had a new head coach in Matt Rule, quarterback changes, Teddy Bridgewater stepping in. You know, you're still dealing with all this change. And then you add in COVID-19, more change on top of that. Um, you know, what's your message to an, another, especially another athlete, whether it's a kid or someone that's kind of in the midst of, you know, just trying to figure out what to do next? that has helped you get through? I know you've talked about it a lot in this interview already, but what would be your main message to them to just kind of keep keep focused, keep grinding and keep working to get to whatever their next goal is? Yeah, I guess I get, kind of got two things to say about that is one is just learning how to deal with adversity because adversity, no matter how smooth you think your path is gonna be, no matter how well it's laid out, like there's gonna be stuff that's gonna pop up and it's just learning, you know, how to respond versus reacting to it, as I always mm. say. You know, a response is a controlled reaction. Um, but I guess the other thing, and it's kind of the quote I live by, it's, you know, it's on my Instagram, it's on my Twitter, is just control what you can control. And once you truly understand the concept of that, you know, you let go of everything else. And like for me, I've been much, much less stressed these last couple of years because, you know, I really made that a part of my daily life. 
Um, you know, you just, you don't worry about what you can't control. And in the same sense, you know, everybody's dealing with, um, everybody's dealing with COVID-19 right now. There's a bunch of teams out there dealing with new coaches, new quarterbacks and whatnot. So like, you know, you can't sit and feel sorry for yourself because there's other people going through it too. So it's just, you know, control what you control and just run with it. Um, enjoy it, have fun with it, work hard. I love that. I love that. That is a great quote to live by. Like understanding that there are things that you can't control and that's, that's going to happen, but you can just take control and take ownership over what you do have that you can focus on. So that's a great message. And where can people follow you to keep up with you on your career and continue to follow you as hopefully you're back on the field playing very soon and we're able to get back to the NFL season. I know that football fans are like chomping at the bit. I'm ex well, I'm not going to tell you who I'm a fan of, but as a fan, <laughs> I'm excited for my team to get back on the field. But even just looking forward to having these types of conversations and football debates and things, ah, we, it's time. So where can people follow you as you're getting ready to get back on the field? I'm going to say in the next couple of weeks, that's my prediction, that you'll be yeah. back playing soon. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to hope so too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I think it's just at Brandon Zostra. And then I've been trying to be way more active with that lately, you know, just because there's, there's not that much else to do. So I told myself that I'm going to try to be a little bit more active with everybody posting a little bit more and whatnot. And then my Twitter is at Brandon underscore Zilstra, I believe. Um, yeah, you can find me on both of those. I, I'm not, I'm not too big on the Twitter thing. I love, absolutely love Twitter going on there. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious. I love reading stuff. I don't post as much, but every once in a while I'll send out a funny retweet or some kind of positive motivational retweet. <laughs> That's funny that you don't even know your handles, but yes, I mean, it is something. <laughs> it is at Brandon Zilstra and at Brandon underscore Zilstra on Twitter. But thank you so much for joining our, our segment this week for Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I am excited to see what's next for you. I'm excited to see as football finally gets started with the weather being so beautiful. It's, it's football season. It's time to tailgate and watch games. So fingers crossed you're back on the field soon. I right, appreciate it, Renee. What's up, everyone? Renee Washington here, and thank you so much for being tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to follow the show every Wednesday for a new episode starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. Turn off the news. We're spilling the beans with Michaela McNuff on the latest news, music, and culture. What's up, y'all, and welcome to another week of Spilling the Beans on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I'm your host, Michaela McNuff, giving you the latest news, drama, and everything sports. Black Twitter defends Grammy artist Jill Scott after football linebacker Kyle Cuero questioned whether or not people found her attractive. Stick with me to get the details on that, and if you haven't done so, follow your girl on Instagram at anchor underscore McNuff to let me know what you think about today's discussion. Twitter comes to the defense of Jill Scott after football linebacker Kyle Cuero questioned whether or not people found her attractive. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jill Scott is a Grammy artist, singer, songwriter, model, poet, and actress. Did y'all hear me? Okay, yes. So translation, Jill Scott is booked and busy and has no time to engage in social media ignorance. 
However, on Friday night, American linebacker Kyle Cuero tweeted his disbelief that anyone would find the Philadelphia award-winning artist attractive. In fact, Kyle went on to suggest that people only found Jill attractive because of her energy and not because of her looks. He continued to rant on and question how people would be sexually aroused by Jill Scott as he did not find any interest in her. Now, y'all know Black Twitter was not having it because you cannot come for the Queen Jill Scott. And in fact, several people came to her defense, including fans and artist Tory Lanez. Now, this just goes to show y'all that when you drinking your water and you minding your business, there's always going to be somebody talking. Like, you don't even have to give people stuff to talk about and they're still going to talk. And it's very unfortunate, but this is the life that we live in where people constantly have something to say and people are constantly criticizing you. And you can even still be in your own lane and they're still doing these things. So it's very unfortunate that that happened. And it's very unfortunate specifically in the African-American community that we are tearing each other down, that we are body shaming each other, that we're calling each other all different types of names up under the sun. And it's like, why do we have to live this way? Why can't we support and love one another? You see what I'm saying? And why would you randomly target this woman and say that you don't find her attractive? Okay, I understand that everyone is entitled to their opinion. And I understand that social media um, is a platform where you get to express yourself. But it's like, you didn't have to go to that point and say that. My, my thing is, did your mother not teach you if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all? Because my mom used to slap me for that. She literally used to slap me and tell me, if you do not have nothing nice to say, you don't say that at all. So the fact that you use your platform for ignorance to discuss this was very sad to me. Like, there's so many other things going on. There's so many crises going on. There's so many injustices that have been taking place. And you could have tweeted about anything else, but you want to tweet about whether you find this lady attractive or not. Like, you could have been tweeting about the injustice that's taking place. You could be tweeting about the fact that they're making these kids go back to school, even though there's a whole virus going on. You could speak out against something positive, but instead you had the nerve to speak about Jill Scott and whether or not you find her attractive. So let me tell you something, Mr. Kyle Quero. I'm going to need you to stay off Twitter. I'm going to need you to stay off Twitter because my one-year-old daughter know better than that. That's sad. You have to do better. In fact, the linebacker has since deleted the offending tweet and stated that it was poorly written and that he just felt it was best to delete the comment and take his L. Well, my thing is, okay, yeah, you're going to say you delete the comment, but what was the purpose? Like, I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Like, what was you expecting to get out of that tweet? Why would you make a comment about a woman who's not worried about you and a woman that has never said anything to you? Because y'all know that I be all up in the business. Y'all know I'm good for digging. And I did some digging. And Jill Scott and Kyle Quero had no exchange of words. And they had no problems prior to this situation and prior to this incident. So in my mind, it's like, why, what would motivate you to get on Twitter and target this woman and body shame this woman and talk down on this woman? What, what was the purpose of you doing that? How dare you do that? How dare you get online and, and be disrespectful? How dare you get online and talk down on this woman? That is utterly disrespectful because I'm almost certain that you have a mom. I'm almost certain that you have sisters. I'm almost certain that you have female cousins that you would not want them to be disrespected the way you disrespected Jill Scott. That's the point that I'm trying to make. A lot of these guys go out and they say this, that, and a third about this woman. But it's like at the end of the day, you got a mom that's at home. You got a sister that's at home. And you wouldn't like it if somebody spoke down on them. So let's treat each other how you want to be treated let's respect each other's people how you would want people to respect your peoples come on now like let's be serious at this point this is so sad like we have to do better like we have to do better as a community and we have to do better with how we are communicating with one each other with one another excuse me because that's not cool 
How are we gonna how are we doing this? But then at the same time, it's like you you don't want people to look at you any kind of way. You want to have this good image. You're a public figure. You want people to look at you as a good person, but you're gonna turn around and run your Twitter fingers and make a comment like this against this woman. You don't know what she's going through, you don't know if she has low self-esteem, you don't know if she has depression issues, and now you're just adding fuel to the fire. I'm not saying that Jill Scott is that type of woman. I know she's independent and she's beautiful and she's doing her own thing. But at the end of the day, you don't know what somebody is going through. And for the, the fact that you would open your mouth to say something like that it just it saddens my heart like it's really sad we have to do better y'all let me know what y'all think about this comment and let me know what your reaction would be let me know if you if you're team jill or if you're team kyle because i come to defense of jill let me tell y'all something I am a black, independent, fat, tabulous woman, and I wouldn't want nobody talking like that to me, so I come to the, the defense of Joe Scott, because y'all should not be talking down. He should have not been talking down like that to her. So, let me know what you guys think. I know this conversation got kind of heated, but I did want to give y'all the facts. You know that when you're listening to Spilling the Beans, you're going to get straight facts. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Michaela McNuff, and you're listening to Spilling the Beans on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. You can catch us each and every Wednesday on Fox Sports Radio, 96.9 FM, 1340 AM. I'm signing out, y'all. Peace. What's up, everyone? Renee Washington here, and thank you so much for being tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington right here on Fox Sports, 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to follow the show every Wednesday for a new episode starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. It is time to meet our featured artist of the week here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. From down in Texas, we've got Shawnee Morell. Shawnee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited to be on. I am happy to have you here, and I'm curious to know more about you. First of all, I'm curious to know about... Your full name is LaShonda Antoinette Harris. Mm -hmm. So where did Shawnee come from? Shawnee is my nickname. So I guess they, my mom and my grandmother just took the Sean and LaShonda and put an N-I-E on the back of it. And then Morell <laughs> is my mom's maiden name. So it was oh. my name before she changed it to Harris and my dad's name. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's now become your stage name. I like it. Yeah, yeah. See, in North Louisiana, you know, they're... My family and they're they're real country, so it's pronounced. They pronounce it Merle, but I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. I said Morel, put some pizzazz on it, you know, make mm -hmm. it fancy. <laughs> so yeah, so yes, I do actually have some family from Louisiana, and Mer Merle definitely because I have like Murphy and all these different mm -hmm. other names that are that are more common and pronounced that way. So I, I get that. I get that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you are originally, you're born in Louisiana, you're from Houston, a lot of great artists have come from Houston, yourself, yeah. Beyonce, Megan Thee Stallion, you're in great company, and yeah. I noticed that you actually got started in music playing instruments and singing at a very young age, at the age of three, that's yeah. incredible, so Thank I'm you. definitely curious to know more about your early influences in music, you know, I'm assuming it was a family inspiration, but how you got started at such a young age to really yeah. see your talent so early. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My mom, my well, my family is a musical family, and my mom, she would always sing to me. She says that she even sang to me when she was pregnant with me. So um, I knew that I had the 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 vocals to do what I wanted to do, but I didn't know I, I knew how to play instruments until like really high school, my ninth grade year, playing drums actually. 
and my band director figured out that I didn't need to play clarinet. So he put me on drums and it just went from there. And I, I gained a full scholarship to Grambling State University, was in the band there, world fame, Tiger Martian Band. Big shout outs to, to GSU. And uh, it's just been amazing since then. <laughs> Yes, one of the very famous known marching bands. And you have had some incredible accomplishments and experiences throughout your music career that I really took to, starting with the fact you were in the marching band and had the, yeah. that opportunity. But what I really also enjoy is the fact that you aren't just a singer. You do a lot of different things. You know, you, you're yes. a percussionist, you're a singer, you you work and, and dabble in a little bit of everything, which is yes. incredible in itself. So I'm definitely curious to know, as you progress from, you know, doing as a performer, as a singer, as a percussionist, on a, on a level like Grambling State's marching band to now being someone that's performing with big names like Chloe and Hallie, and uh, you were a part of the Dukembe Mutombo Foundation performance, and you performed the national anthem before games in New Orleans yes. with Rick Ross, with Major, the list goes on and on. You know, what? talk me through that moment where you take that big next leap in your career to now be performing alongside some of the biggest names in music. Well, I have to, like, I have to give it on to, to God first, for sure, uh, for opening up the doors for me. And then Grambling, they really, uh, my band directors there, uh, Dr. Thomas and Dr. Pinnell, they really instilled um, everything in me, like to make me harder as a, a black woman. And then they told me that I could do anything I put my mind to. And by me being a, the master drill sergeant at Grambling in the band, that's the highest position you can have. Everybody Ooh. thinks it's the drum major, but it's not. So I'm the third to come out of that since 1926 as a female. And being in that position, it just made me hone in on my craft like never before. And uh, all of the, the concerts that would come to Grambling and surrounding areas, I would be the one to open that, the concerts up and have my own band. I have my, my own band now. And wow. I, they were just grooming me to, you know, to be something great. And I really appreciate that. Mm, that is in, that is incredible. And that's mm -hmm. something that I don't know much about marching bands, except from what I've seen on TV. So I'm extremely <laughs> not aware of it. You know? So you explain that so well and makes it even more. Uh, I mean, that's that's an, an even bigger feat to have the opportunity to be a part of Grambling State, but also leading your own band, not just a yes. part of the world of band, but leading it. That's a big leading difference. It. The huge <laughs> difference. Huge. So they grew me for everything, like every obstacle, because I, I went through it with 300 and maybe 25 people every every mm. year, you know, and then me being a female, that's even that was even harder, like being in an HBCU band anyway and so it, it opened the door for me to be on a, a reality tv show on bet called season of the tiger and i was one of the main characters and they followed me throughout my my uh not my last year but like my junior year of college so it, it was just grooming me I, it was my it's mind-blowing to even think about it right now you know so to help me perform with the professional because we are a professional band when you really mm -hmm. look at the world fame so yeah, big kudos to the grand mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then you mentioned having that BET moment, but also you've been on Real Housewives of Atlanta. You have yeah. been, again, still dabbling in a lot of different things. It's not just music. You're on screen. You're, you're, you're showing your career and who you are on screen as well, which is also something that I have to know more about. Did you have a moment through all this, one in particular that really stands out through all these experiences you've had that really was that major moment of, 
that jaw dropping, like, wow, I, I made it, you know, from starting at the age of three to now, this is that moment I'm seeing all my hard work really come together and pay off. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my, my, um, artist that I really look up to is Sheila E. And that's one of my, in HBCUs, you're going to get a, a nickname, but we call it mm -hmm. a crab name. And it, it was Sheila E. And I didn't know who Sheila E. was to so maybe my sophomore year of college. And I was like, man, who is this lady? She sings, she dances, she she plays percussion all at the same time in heels. And I was like, that's me. Mm. I, you know, Oof. so I put two and two together and um, I ended up meeting her in L.A. She knew who I was. I uh, had a chance to see her perform and we were sponsored by the same symbol company. So I think that's when I knew I was like, man, maybe, maybe I am somebody, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I cried when I got in the car after meeting her, I wouldn't let her see me cry. But like, I think that was my, my jaw, jaw dropping moment. Oh yeah, that is, that is powerful. <laughs> like someone that you look up to in the industry that you now see yourself right there with her you know that's that's yeah. like that is something that has to be an emotional experience of like i'm i'm here what me? absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> i made it <laughs> i made it like this is me like prince like you know that's she's like the female protege of prince and uh, she's a legend so that was my my jaw dropping moment for sure yes yes and then i'm sure you had another jaw dropping moment as you saw your song everything on Spotify, number one on Spotify. Again, you're not just there. Wow. <laughs> on Spotify. You were leading number one on Spotify. That I definitely have to know more about that song. You know, everything. Tell our viewers about what everything is all about. And mm -hmm. then also that moment where your song is there at the top spot. <laughs> at the top spot, yes. Everything. Uh, it was produced by my cousin, uh, Eric Rashad. And it was co-written by my good friend, Sean Sounds. You probably know Sean Sounds from um, season 16 of The Voice. He's, he's like a Luther oh. Vandross. Yeah. So we wrote the song together, just playing around, you know, but we were talking about love. And that's how everything came about. Like, you know, and I think it's, it's very um, needed right now because we have so much going on. So why not talk about love and something that makes you feel good um, right now? And seeing it on Spotify, number one, I'm like... My cousin that that uh, is basically managing me, and um, his name is Max Sean 100 from the Dog Pound. Big shout out to Snoop Dogg and the whole Dog Pound family uh, who took me under their wings and um, man, just letting everything, just doing everything for me. And big shout out to my team over in the UK for my distribution deal. I'm just, I'm floored because I, I never thought that everything would you know, take off like it did. I thought Cotton Candy or, um, you know, that has Warren G featured on it. I thought that would be the one, but everything is is coming along quite strong. So, Isn't yeah. that something? You know, those moments where you will have something that you put all this um, work into expecting it to really take off and thinking this will be the moment in your career that helps you turn another corner. And then something that you don't expect, like everything, which, I'm, you know, with every song, with every everything you put out, you are always trying to, to increase, you know, and do better than the past. But you don't, and I know as a content creator, sometimes you don't really expect something to take off the way it does. Yeah. But when it does and you see it starting to pick up traction and pick and people are messaging or commenting or reaching out about your music, that's, yeah. you know, that in itself is very special to realize, like, even something you didn't think would take off, people love. Right. You know? 
like, what? Really? <laughs> I'm like, I sing and play drums. I said, I have some other music coming. Like, this is what y'all like? So, you know, you have to get the people what they like. Like we say in the band at Grammar, you have to get the people what they want. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. I'm truly blessed. Yes. Well, our listeners will get a chance to hear everything on the show at the end of the show. And there's another song that you have coming up, Ready for the Weekend. That's oh, a yeah. vibe. That's a vibe right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just listening to it, I get the inspiration right away. But what made you decide to make a song ready? This song, Ready for the Weekend. Oh, yeah. Like, like I work with kids. And um, if I'm not sing- uh, touring and everything, I'm working with kids. And, you know, that's a, a hassle within itself. So mm-hmm. when Friday comes, I put myself in the mind frame of other educators and people that's tired on the job. I'm like, man, I know y'all are ready for the weekend. I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. So that's how we came about with that song. And uh, yeah, ready for the weekend is a vibe for sure. Like, you know, you worked hard all week. You just got paid on a Friday. You you ready to go turn up? Mm-hmm. Friday is like, first of all, it needs Friday. to be a little longer. I'm still yes. pushing for that. Try to figure out who we can make that. Who can we can, who can we talk to to make that happen? Right. But when Friday hits, I don't care how long the week's been. It's like you're dragging yourself over that finish line ready for the weekend. So I feel that. <laughs> yes. What is it from your music that you hope your listeners take away? You know, what message, what feeling, what do you want them to walk away from your music taking away from it? I want them to walk away feeling good about everything. And if you ever get a chance, hopefully, Renee, you'll get a chance to see me live. You probably, you'll see, you'll probably hear me sing maybe one or two, but the whole time it's like full of excitement and upbeat it's energy you know and i want people to 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 feel good about themselves and just to have a good time if i know that i touched you in your heart and that you feeling what i was doing i know that my job i i love that i love that well that is exactly the point of what we look to do as as content creators you know everything really is around take making your work be something that will inspire others and encourage others to be more positive, to enjoy what they're doing, to love what they're doing. And that's what this is all about. That's what we try to do, even here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, trying to bring guests, trying to bring stories, trying to bring inspiration to the forefront, bringing people to the forefront that are doing incredible things like Shawnee's doing, like you're doing in music. And for those, whether it's through positive vibes, through sports, through music, whatever it is that we are talking about, whatever it is that we have going on, for people to have the opportunity to learn and to feel inspired, to feel encouraged, to feel happy in some way. So that is, you know, Shawnee for you, where can people follow you on social media and, and just in general, what, you know, across platforms, where can our listeners follow to get more on your music? Um, You can follow me at Shawnee Morell. Everything is at Shawnee Morell and that's S-H-O-N-N-I-E-M-U-R-R-E-L-L, Shawnee Morell. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Shawnee, thank you so much for joining the show this week. It has been a pleasure having you as our featured artist of the week and getting a chance to hear about your incredible journey. I know you're also, you have a CBD deal with Asheville Hemp Project. You've been on TV. 
You've been making cameos on some of the biggest networks. Your music is is out there with the, some of the best performers. And you're, you are right there on the biggest stages and continuing to grow. So I appreciate you for taking time to join us. And what else can people expect that's next for you as you're continuing to grow your career? Um, What's next is um, I have a T-shirt line out with uh, GFM clothing, uh, the Shawnee Morel T. I don't know if my camera is working. I'm having some technical issues on my end. Oh, good. <laughs> but um, I have the Shawnee Morel collection, artist collection, as well as... Um, um, I'm getting ready to release uh, "Beautiful." That's uh, my next single, and you'll hear more of a uh, a symphonic sound, symphonic band sound with that one. And we're talking about uh, people that suffer from low self-esteem and um, just different things like that. So I think that's needed as well, especially with the teens, uh, with the youth right now. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. what's needed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. And doing some incredible things, continuing to grow, continuing to inspire. I know you had a birthday by the time this show airs. It'll be after your birthday. So happy belated. Thank you. <laughs> Enjoy that. And for those of you that are listening, again, please sure to give be sure to give her a follow at Shawnee Morell on all social media. Check out her music. Check out all that she's got going on besides just music, the ways that she is inspiring, encouraging, and uplifting. And that is our featured artist of the week, Shawnee Morel. So thank you so much for joining Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. So much, Renee. I really appreciate you. Got me calling my girls, my week's been heavy I wanna dance the night away We're gonna have a good time, turn bottles up Put some drink in my cup, tomorrow's just a day away And I can't wait till Friday, so tell me we it all again, all again, all again, all again Work hard all week, just got paid Drinks on me and I'm ready for the weekend Time of my life, that's right Drop the top down, let's make the town bread It's gonna be me and my girls Round or clear, it don't matter Let's have some fun We gonna drink all day, dance all night Till we see the sun, let's get it on We do it all again, all again, all again
Will. Yeah, he knows everybody from the show and they always keep him in the loop with what they got going on nowadays. I thought you knew. You gotta check out Will's updates. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting installment of Will's Update right here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. You can follow the show on all podcasting platforms. Now my next guest, she is someone I want to be when I grow up. She gets to oh all this NFL man. Ooh, love the NFL. She's covered the sport more than 25 years, one of the longest tenured sideline reporters in the history of the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura Open. Laura, how are you? Oh, Will, what a lovely introduction. In the old days, and by old days, I mean like three years ago, hmm. everything sounds like old days now. I used to like almost want to make an age joke when it's like, <laughs> oh, over 25 years and oh, so long tenured. But I'm so proud of that because this business yes. you know, is hard to get in. It's even harder to stay in. So I have grown up in terms of I will never make a joke about it. I'm always, even when I hear you say it, I'm like, all right. Like I've yeah. been doing it for a while. So yeah. thank you. You've been doing it. You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Now, the last time you were here, you were here back in January on episode number 25 on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. What have you been, what have you been doing since that time? Again, that could have been um, 10 years ago. That could have been six months ago. Like, time is so, like, I don't know. What have we been doing? Um, what I really have been doing is overextending and making sure that, um, that I wasn't wasting this time. All of a sudden, we have this found time. And so there you go. trying to make sure that I really made this time meaningful and purposeful. And I have a company um, called Galvanize and it's for all these young women and, and young women meaning 20 years old to 40. So all young to me, but these women who are in the sports industry and trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to navigate it. So I've been doing a whole lot of virtual seminars, a lot of virtual boot camps. I'm in the middle of a series right now for there 109 reporters that I've paired with 109 people to interview. And wow. it's called uh, Your Who, Not Your Do. And we're doing, um, next, starting next week, uh, an entire series of 109 interviews about who people are, not what they do, and a lot of the names you'll recognize. But hopefully having all these new wonderful conversations about things you don't know about people. And nowadays you really realize with everything going on in our world, we don't know a whole lot of people because every day, Saying to someone, how are you, is a true question. And yes. really finding out, right, how, how are you navigating this? How are you dealing with it? How mm -hmm. are you using your voice and your platform? So, um, so it's been a really wonderful time to dive in and have really meaningful conversations. If it's this way on Zoom or if it's just on the phone with someone, we're all shifting so much right now, right? Yes, yes. Yes, it's, it's definitely been a tough time. Uh, it's been a tough time for me. Um, for example, my kids don't live with me, so I have to do stuff like this. I have to do stuff like Google Duo to make sure those guys are okay and well taken care of during these tough times. So you are, you are absolutely correct on that. So one of the things I can say to you, so one of the other things that I've been doing is I've been doing this with companies. I've done this with an NFL coaching staff um, because I, a lot – 
a lot of my life now, I do a lot of speaking and a lot of public speaking outside of sports. And one of the things I really, really focus on is my favorite part of my career, which is building relationships and not building contacts, not building sources, but how to really maintain relationships. And so what I can tell you about your kids in this time apart is I've been doing more of these Zoom presentations, teaching people how do you build deeper, meaningful connections when you're doing this? And so what I can say is it feels like, it feels like as much as we're disconnected, I've never felt more connected to people because I'm trying so hard. I'm making sure that how are you is a question. I'm making sure that when we do this, we don't kind of just start doing this and checking around. Right. And so, especially with your kids, there's such wish you were together, but there's also such wonderful, meaningful ways for you to truly, truly ask great questions, listen to their answers and make connections as, as awful as this time is. Yes, it, it's very, very bad. Uh, hopefully this isn't the new normal. I hope things get back to truly normal soon. So everybody, yeah, exactly. So everybody can get better and continue those relationships. Now I want to go over to the NFL very, very quickly because I know you don't have a lot of time to, to hang with me today. Um, the pandemic, how do you think the NFL can manage this correctly and still play a meaningful, a meaningful season? I don't know. You know, like, right. Like I'd love to have an informed, educated answer on this, but I think anybody who says they do isn't, (laughs) you shouldn't listen to if anyone says, you know, that they think that they know how, um, how any league should handle this. We're seeing what's happening right now unfold with the Marlins, right? Mm-hmm. No more. It's such a hurry to get to sports, which I understand. I mean, you want it, I want it, we all want it. Yep. But whoever is going first, like, you know, like we're seeing a few of the leagues do right now, this is going to be trial and error. So I would say the NFL has time and they can watch, but they don't because now training camps are starting this weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. You know that we saw the head athletic trainer from the Minnesota Vikings test positive today, and that's in charge of making sure you know that that hopefully everyone's being safe. So we don't know so much about this, and and by all of a sudden throwing people together, forget the blocking, forget the tackling, just simply getting to training camp, it just every day seems like there's more questions than answers. So, boy, I hope we can do it. You know, as a fan and as someone who makes her living that way and would love to love to go to games and report on, um, on, on the season. But it's just every day that goes by, it's just five more questions going, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? And it's not just you and I having that conversation. I talked to a lot of NFL head coaches and I have been, you know, all through this and they're having the same questions and the same concerns we do. So I just think we're all going to, we're all living in this time where everything is unfolding before our eyes and we're going to have to wait some more and see how it happens and just pray and keep knocking on wood that we can keep as many people safe uh, for everybody's enjoyment. Now you see that the NBA is trying to go with this bubble strategy, but we got guys leaving the bubble for whatever reason. Uh, do, Do you think they've come a little bit somewhat close to figuring it out? I mean, the good news is the last time that they did the testing, which I think was this weekend, and when the when the results came back and there were, there was nobody tested positive, that was a hallelujah moment, right? Yep, yep. So that really was. But the problem is every other league is – not every other league, not the, the WNBA, the NBA, 
but the bigger rosters and the bigger um, the bigger organizations with more people, they're kind of doing the quasi bubble. And so we're seeing right now maybe that tight bubble, if you can keep everybody truly in it, might have some hope. But every other um, every other you know if it's baseball or for the NFL, they're not doing that true bubble. And I just don't know what that I don't know what that looks like. And I, you know, again, we're seeing right now with the Marlins. So it's not just the Marlins that are now we have, you know, that they have to pause, but they just played the Phillies. So that's been our question from day one. What are they going to do if one team gets a, a huge rash of this, who's just played another team and look how quickly now, you know, the dominoes fall. So I don't know. I mean, right now what we're seeing is it's just too early to tell, but that true bubble seems to be at the moment um being is a positive step but i don't know how how plausible that's going to be with the bigger with the bigger leagues who do you who do you have winning it all in the nba oh can i say this honestly will yes 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 be honest i haven't been asked a sports question in a while so it's almost (laughs) like what like who's playing um what league are we talking about what team but i will honestly say this that my answer before this whole craziness started would change anyway because right now i had one nfl head coach say to me this is going to be the most challenging um coaching opportunity in the in professional sports history for every coach yes how are you going to manage that so Normally, when I'm asked about when I'm asked about how I think a team's going to do, I, I very rarely go with my heart. Sometimes I do, but usually it's injuries, right? And it's mm-hmm. usually you know schedule and all of that. But right now, I'm going to see who manages the best and who manages the team. These new rules, the bubble. Um, I think that right now is going to say everything. So that's that's kind of a way of me saying I don't even want to commit to an answer because. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. even know how it, it's coaching. You know, you don't know. meeting them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what talent means right now when they just literally need to be able to make sure they have enough bodies to get on the court and substitute on that court. So I don't know. The deeper you are, you're probably going to be better off in a situation like that. And some of these NBA bitches are deep, some are not. So we'll see how that goes. Um, last question. Can you saw that deal that Patrick Mahomes got? You also saw the trade that happened the other day with Jamal Adams. Are players getting more power? Is that more to their benefit or their detriment? Because the teams they're leaving behind are are really being put in a, in a bad spot. The, the Jets are fine because they got that their two draft picks and a third, I believe. Uh, but you got some of these other teams out there who, when the guys leave, they put them in a bad spot. Do you think Patrick Mahomes' contract will, will work out? Hopefully, he won't get hurt. Um, do you think that'll work out in the end? And do you think Seattle gave up too much to get gave up? Uh, well, I should say the Jets gave up too much uh, to get Jamal Adams. I think at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, the end of the day, um, it's up to a player's, it's up to a player to get every single dollar that he can. Uh, you know, the average amount of time in a league, it, I believe it's still about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, so that's the average time these men and women, if we're talking all leagues, but, but what we're talking NFL right now, the, there's just there's so many unknowns these contracts aren't guaranteed so i think that 
what I would say right now to any player and the longer I'm in this business, you know, I, I look at them as human beings and husbands yes. and fathers and family men and not and not as um, employees and not as players. But that, as much as I understand um, you want to build a great team around you, if Fox Sports came to me and said, we want to sign a couple different people, but you're going to have to take less because we want to bring that person in. I'd be like, well, what about my... <laughs> What am I worth? What's my value? So I understand. What about my money? <laughs> so what are people worth? What the market pays? You know, right. what your team will pay. And that at the end of the day, to me, isn't the player's responsibility. That's your general manager or your capologist's responsibility to make sure that you are paying the right people the right amount and making sure that you're not overpaying all of a sudden two people. And, and I get that when you start losing a whole lot of other people. But that again, kind of talking about coaches right now and how to manage the pandemic, there's certain coaches in front offices that know how to manage that cap. And we see it time and time again, why certain franchises are perennial playoff teams and why others maybe have a terrific year and then fall, because that's hard. That's hard to do. I certainly couldn't do it, but the good ones do. And so I am all for every player getting every single dollar that they can. And if that means more power, if that means more voice, if that means more say in who else, I'm all, I'm for all of that. Um, now more than ever as players really understand what their part is in these leagues, which is a whole lot more than just a number on your back. Right. Yes. Yes. Cause they wear helmets and they really can't be seen. So they have to be, that, that you have to know some type of a some type of a different type of way other than a number and a name on the back. Laura Oakman, I want to thank you for joining me today on Will's Update on Beyond the Headlines with Nate Washington. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciated it. Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me. I am William D. Morgan, and I am out. All right, everyone, it is time for a quick social media break. That's right. I want you guys to make sure you are following Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Be sure to also follow my personal pages at Renee P. Wash on Twitter and at Renee P. Washington on Facebook and Instagram. That way you can keep up to date with all the guests and topics each and every Wednesday right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify for every new episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I hope you followed, like, comment, leave some feedback. It's all welcome. And I hope that you are enjoying the show. So right now we're going to get back to it with our Positive Vibes Only segment. Go somewhere else with that negativity. It's Positive Vibes Only. It's time to go beyond the headlines Cause I don't put in overtime just so I can headline Okay, now it's Fox Sports, I'm live with Renee Going hard every day, sports rapping every play Different segments for your favorites Coming at you daily with positive vibes Yeah, we some game changers Basketball, football, soccer With different interviews, you never know who may pop up Listen, only on beyond the headlines This is beyond the headlines Only on beyond the headlines This is beyond the headlines only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. It is time for our Positive Vibes Only segment here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. So joining us from Dallas, Texas, we've got orthopedic surgeon Dr. Matthew Igbenegi. 
I knew I was going to stumble on it. Big yep. Benigy. You got it. How are you? Welcome. You got it. <laughs> I'm good. I totally psyched myself out on your last name. Darn it. Dr. Matthew Igbenegi, what's going on in Dallas right now? And uh, how are things around COVID-19 and also just the social injustice that we're dealing with, the civil unrest, all that's going on in society? What's been going on in the southern part of the country in Dallas? Yeah, well, Dallas is, is going well. We still got protests going. Uh, unfortunately, COVID is on the rise. Uh, my, my hospital is pretty much full. Uh, but luckily, in terms of social injustice, I think Dallas is still pushing strong. Uh, they just named a street after one of the guys who was slain here. Um, so it's amazing. Yes, yes. And something that I've really caught on to for use on social media is the fact that you were and other doctors that you are friends with were pushing this concept of as a black person in America, especially as a doctor for you, you are feared in a hoodie or hated in a hoodie and loved in scrubs. And you're on in a different aspect for all that's going on around COVID and even Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you have a unique perspective that you're bringing as a doctor that on one end is directly working with COVID-19. And on the other end, in terms of civil rights movement, you know, you are someone that's out fighting and helping to save lives. I mean, you, you're doing surgeries, you're constantly, you're doing a lot. So I'm definitely curious to know, you know, what really got you motivated to, for you and your colleagues to be more in the forefront of promoting these concepts of the diversity in the medical field and also just to really take you guys seriously as black Americans and also as doctors that are working in so many areas that we're fighting in right now in our country. Yeah, I think uh, where it came from is something that every black professional deals with. Um, and we all know about imposter syndrome, the feeling that you don't belong in a certain mm -hmm. environment, feeling that you're only there because of some form of um, some form of, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, uh, affirmative action uh, that you're, you're there to fill a quota. And unfortunately, you feel like it's always an uphill battle, that you have to prove yourself, or you notice that people second guess what you do often. And after I saw all my brothers and sisters being killed, essentially for being profiled, I realized that in a way I'm profiled and uh, I think people think that when you get to a certain point, no matter what you look like, you're immune to this. Mm -hmm. uh, and sadly, a lot of people that look like me pursue certain careers because they think they can just break past that d degree of uh, racism and discrimination. Uh, but after some things I've experienced in my environment, I realized that, you know, although many people, lay people may respect me because of what I do and what I look like, I realized that maybe people that I work with don't. And uh, that's the development of that, that post, hated in a hoodie, but hero in scrubs. Yet hated in a hoodie is just to the lay people, but you know, in a sense, you can also be hated in scrubs. Mm, wow, that is very deep. And honestly, what you're saying is, it relays across so many different levels of, of and that message on so many different levels, because for one, I know even as people were talking about when this first got started, separating your job from what's going on in society, do you speak up? I know for me as a journalist, do you speak up? You know, how much do you speak up? But the concept that I enjoyed about that post was if I'm not sitting in front of a, of a, a camera, if I'm not on TV, if I'm not on a screen and someone was to pass me walking down the street, their first thought wouldn't be 
she's a sports reporter. In your case, if you're walking in everyday clothes, they're not going to walk by you and say, he's an orthopedic surgeon. You know, it's not like we're wearing these labels on our faces to the fact that people are going to associate that with us on first impression. You know, the first thing they see is a black man and a black woman. So, you know, for that reason in, in itself, your post really hit home because it's like when we take off our professional hats, we're still just black people in America. And that's the first thing people are going to see. And then also yeah. you're talking about what you're dealing with in your industry in itself, where there's not as much diversity. And I definitely want to know more about that. You know, as you're working, there are other black people in the medical field, other professionals that I see you, you guys are constantly pushing mm -hmm. each other and, and, and helping to promote each other to show the diversity in the industry. I'm curious to know more about that. You know, what's really been on your end and you don't have to go into deep stories or anything like that, but you know, how have you been helping to expand and, and bring more diversity to the medical field, which has now become a, another job in addition to what you already do every day? Uh, I, I'd say the foundation of my approach and uh, my enlightenment towards all of this is, is a Bible verse that says, where there's a lack of vision, uh, the people perish. <clears throat> and the way I see it as it relates to me as the black man or any young man behind me that looks like me, is that where there's a lack of a vision, your dreams perish. And when you can't see someone in a position that you want to be in, uh, it discourages you from filling that dream. And I think with me and my colleagues, what we've been trying to do is just specifically to our uh, position, we try to step, uh, share our story mm. and just let people see our story. Let them see that we're normal, that we like to have fun, that we can bridge pop culture into a professional environment, uh, not forsaking the, the essence of professionalism, but to just show them the bridge between their reality and my reality and to encourage them to, to pursue whatever career that they want to. I'm just telling my story. So hopefully it'll encourage people who are discouraged towards medicine to pursue medicine. But the hope is that everyone who looks like me, who's discouraged by a social environment to pursue and to be who they're supposed to be, first, hopefully alive, and then two, a career of their choice. Yes, yes, and I, I like the way you use your social media presence, Instagram, TikTok, to really kind of put a, a human side to who you are, you know? And that's something that in watching your, your videos and your posts, they're entertaining, they're engaging, they're, they're relatable, they're interactive, and they do kind of allow others to see someone that looks like them. And I know that's a big thing when you're growing up. And like, I know even I, I was talking to someone and it hit me. I don't know how many people in my family are lawyers, doctors, holding these prestigious uh, jobs and, and careers. Um, how many people have a, a medical degree or a doctorate degree? I know there's a number of us that have master's degrees like myself, but not enough. You know, we don't often as kids growing up have a role model to look up to in these fields. So you're also not only you know, showing yourself in that light as, as a, as a, from a human interest side, but also just to be able to connect and show kids and whoever else is following you on your growing social media presence, that there are people that look just like them and are succeeding. So, you know, I'm definitely interested to hear more about how you've kind of taken on that role with your, your colleagues to continue to put out these entertaining videos. Are you the one behind all these? Like, who's the one that's coming up with the concepts that are genius? And you've got some editing skills in there and stuff too, but <laughs> might have some production work in your future. But I mean, just who is coming up with these great <laughs> ideas? I need to know more. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'll have to start with its inception. Um, okay. 
everyone knows what the don't rush challenge is. And that is the first time I found out the, the, the idea of a co uh, collaboration where you get a group of people uh, and, and pursue a project. So that was the first thing I did. And it was a don't rush challenge for black physicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic hit the city, the nation, the world, and my work schedule got a little bit lighter. So I had more time to think about stuff. And, you know, growing uh, in popularity of TikTok, I began to watch all the TikToks. And I'd see people that look like me or, you know, people that don't look like me, but I'd see really cool ideas. And I, the first thought is, you know, what if I could twist this to show a black doctor in their shoes? And that is, that is pretty much where they come from. That's where they began from. Now, uh, I, I do, uh, I make my own ideas. I try to think of, okay, what are other ways to convey who I am in a fun way through music, through dance, through something that is relatable to people, but also conveys who I am. Mm. So if you ask, yes, I do most of the editing. I do most of the the ideas and I recruit people uh, who are willing to, to do these things. I love it. I love it. It is very, uh, as you mentioned, it, it's just nice to, to see it's refreshing. And especially around COVID-19 and then as we watch George Floyd's murder and everything that's mm -hmm. transpired to really grow and, and have the conversation continue around civil rights, you know, both of these areas, that's, that's one of the most impressive things is you are directly affecting and impacting both of these areas. Um, and I'm definitely curious to know more about how COVID-19 specifically has impacted your workload. You mentioned it was a little lighter. Um, but, yeah. you know, how has it impacted your workload and, and your daily routine that you have in the medical field? Orthopedic surgery uh, is about 60 to 70 percent elective surgery, which means you choose to do it when you want to do it. The other half is emergent, urgent surgeries where you don't have a choice. You need to do it or else your life will be detrimentally affected. Uh, so with this pandemic and the spread of the disease, Many uh, hospitals are shut, shutting down elective procedures, meaning mm. procedures that you wanted to do. Sorry, you can't do that right now. Therefore, it translates to most of my work we can't even do, even though we want to do. Uh, so most of our time is focused on just trauma. People aren't out driving and partying anymore. Well, some people are, but not as many. Uh, so therefore, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who that is. But anyway, um, but it's translating into more free time because we have less cases, uh, less elective surgery, less people to round on in the hospital. Uh, so we have more time to you know, do whatever is personal to us, study, do research and things like that. Yeah, I definitely am curious even to know, you know, what inspired you to go the medical route? You know, why did you decide to get into medicine and specifically become an orthopedic surgeon? You know, what's in, what led you down that path in your life? Uh, I always wanted to be an engineer. I was the guy who broke apart the vacuum, the computer, and fixed it back. Uh, I went to Texas A&M in hopes of doing that. I actually had uh, some discouragement there that I'll, I can go into on another segment, but uh, it led me towards seeing the body as a machine, just like any other machine. Uh, however, I think the body has a soul. And in that, pursuing the, the career of medicine, I felt that I could apply my uh, passions and my interests to affect people long-term, uh, maybe eternally. And 
And then, of course, uh, my freshman year of college, I fractured my my pinky toe, broke my pinky toe. What? Ouch. Yeah, it sucked. Anyway, it ruined my life freshman year. However, (laughs) shortly after that, I learned how the body heals bones, and I could couple what I learned in class with what I was experiencing. So I realized the, the, how real medicine was in that way. Uh, my dad had a total hip replacement. Uh, he walked my sister down the aisle without a cane after that procedure. Beforehand, I had to buy him a cane to use to get around. So anytime I do a total hip replacement, that's who I think of. So I think of my little pinky toe and then I think of my dad and that's what got me into orthopedic surgery. <laughs> That is, that's very inspirational. Wow. I mean, that's something that, as you mentioned, it allows you to be able to help others to have the opportunity to go about their lives, the the fathers that are walking their daughters down the aisle, whatever it is, maybe it's not even a milestone like that. It could just be everyday activity that you're helping them to be able to do pain-free, which is incredibly impactful. So I also, you know, we were talking before about Creed Scrub Hats. And, um, you know, your company that you are the second 2.5 person in command. So, (laughs) you know, what exactly is Creed Scrub Hats and, you know, what is kind of the mission and and the value behind that company? Uh, So Creed, if you look at the formal definition, it means a set of people that uh, belong to a set of beliefs. And our translation of it is we want people to uh, convey what they stand for in a simple item. And the goal is that it is not just, it doesn't segregate or divide people, but it allows all of us to express our own creed and it's mm-hmm. eventually hopefully become one and show that we are all one people. Uh, so uh, it started with me and another colleague at the hospital during the COVID-19 pandemic where disposable PPE uh, is extremely short. So we found a way to make permanent PPE in a stylish fashion that conveys culture uh, and allows people to be themselves and also uh, show cultural appropriation. If you go to our our Instagram page, you'll see an assortment of colors and designs, and we only have more uh, colors and designs coming out soon. That's awesome. Again, another opportunity given, especially what's going on around COVID-19, to help be a part of something powerful and positive and, and help make change in a good way. And even the subliminal messaging around, you know, the cultural designs and, and things like that you have, that's something that goes a long way to help those in need be able to have those resources. So, you know, what's next for you? It seems like you're really expanding your career even more during all the, that's gone on the last few months. You know, having a company that you're working with, being more of a uh, media personality and having more attention on you in that way as as someone that's helping to inspire others through your platform. I jokingly said it, but you're becoming like a a TV personality in a sense. Um, You know, what's really next is you're continuing to expand beyond just being an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, So the goal now is I'm realizing that it's important to tell your story to anyone. But I think it's important for me to share my story so that I can inspire people behind me that look like me uh, to show that they can do whatever they want to do. And they don't have to allow people in the environment to discourage them from doing that. Uh, So I think that's one move is uh, I'm allowing my voice to be heard, my story to be shared in hopes that other people's stories may be shared and aligned. 
then after that, uh, the hope is to, you know, of course, become the most knowledgeable, successful orthopedic surgeon I can be. Uh, so I can serve everyone, including my people, um, people that look like me. And then lastly, I mean, of course, you know, I think I want to build a legacy and hopefully I'll find somebody uh, that wants to build that legacy with me and maybe have some kids that want to <laughs> pro propagate that legacy. <laughs> Uh, but that's all I see my vision right now. Super specific. Um, okay. Well, that is incredible. And, and honestly, as you mentioned, you've got some short-term and some longer-term goals that you're working towards, but also just using your platform to help be a part of something bigger than you, whether it's through your, your future generations or just helping to inspire others to really be able to pursue whatever career path they want, especially in the medical field. So, you know, I thank you for joining our Positive Vibes Only segment. You know, where can people continue to follow you more to get more on your career and also to keep in touch with what you've got going on and stay connected as you're continuing to grow in all aspects of your life? Thank you. Uh, is that a question or is that a statement? Yes. Where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at doc.iggy. Uh, and then also, uh, if you want to, on, on uh, TikTok, you can look up Dr. Iggy or big underscore Iggy one. Uh, but if you look up Doc Iggy, Dr. Iggy, you should be able to find me. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Dr. Igbinigi, thank you so much for joining our Positive Vibes Only segment. It's been a pleasure getting a chance to talk about your career and all that you have going on. And I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Of course. Anytime. Thank you. You are tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM for a new episode every Wednesday starting at 12 PM Eastern Time. Back to the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. To close on the show, we've got Shawnee Morrell, the singer and percussionist who shared her career earlier in the show and also shared Ready for the Weekend. We've got to hear her number one song on Spotify titled Everything. But before we do, I just want to remind you, you've had the chance to hear from Brandon Zilstra to start off the show. Carolina Panthers receiver talking about his journey from playing college football at the D3 level and even being an underrated high school player to now being an NFL player. Also, sharing what's been going on around the league, of course, since our interview with Brandon on Friday, some things have changed around the NFL. There has been some more news that has come out around training camps and the schedule, but for the most part, we're still unsure exactly what is next for the football season, especially since we've been seeing some positive tests around the Major League Baseball and around other sports sports, specifically baseball, I should say, that have us a little nervous. So we'll see what happens with football as they are returning 
In Will's update, Will Morgan was joined by Laura Oakman back on the show again as she was getting into the NCAA and NFL. The NFL broadcaster and Fox Sports reporter was back to talk about what it takes and what should happen for sports to return successfully and safely this fall. Michaela McNuff let you have it in Spilling the Beans. Kyle Kiro's comments, just unnecessary on Joe Scott. I agree with Michaela. Who told you to say something? Why did you feel the need to say something? And what is the point of saying something? More importantly, some things just don't need to be said. Keep them to yourself. To publicly shame and bad talk someone else, we got to stop doing that in 2020. It is time to change the way that we interact with others or bad talk others because it is just totally unnecessary. Dr. Michael Igbenigi, orthopedic surgeon from Dallas, Texas, joined our Positive Vibes Only segment talking about his career and his concept, hated in a hoodie, but a hero with a knife. And how as a doctor and a black doctor at that, he is trying to change, change the landscape of medicine and help be a part of bringing more diversity, not only to medicine, but to give others, the next generation specifically, um, someone to look up to, a role model. And he is out doing that with his growing social media presence. So now to close down the show, we've got to get our final song of the day by Shawnee Morell everything guys i thank you so much for joining us each and every wednesday for another edition of beyond the headlines with renee washington if you have not already hit that subscribe button so you can be sure to follow the show to keep up with all the latest discussions interviews and stories around sports music entertainment and news we've got a lot to get into with the nba restart with the nfl trying to figure out how to return with major league baseball's positive cases of covid that are coming out so much going on in sports and of course we're always bringing you some inspiring stories in our Positive Vibes Only segment and our segments with Will and Will's Update and Michaela and Spilling the Beans, giving you all the latest that you need to hear around sports, music, entertainment, and more. So hit that subscribe button, give us a rating or a comment, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday for another edition of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. To close on the show, we've got everything by Shawnee Morell. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you back here next week for episode 52. Have a good one. Eric Rashad. You are everything